Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. By definition, a storyteller conveys events in words, images, and sounds, often by improvisation or embellishment. The Living Bread Radio Network presents The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Today you'll hear a faith-based, inspirational story that's both heartfelt and heartwarming. And now, let's meet today's storyteller with Tony Agnesi. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. We're heard every Tuesday at 2 o'clock with a repeat on Sundays at 9 a.m. right here on the Living Bread Radio Network. And the program is also available as a podcast beginning at 2.30, right after the show, at thestorytellersradio.com. It's also available wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, and now on Spotify. It's also available later. Later in the week at the Catholic podcasting site, breadboxmedia.com. Our program is sponsored in part by catholicbook.net, and all of the books featured on the program are available through catholicbook.net. Now, each week on the show, we feature a guest and discuss their personal journey of faith and the ministries that they share as either authors or speakers or bloggers or radio and television hosts. And today's uh, guest is certainly uh, no exception to that. He's a storyteller, to be sure. Kevin Lowry is a convert to the Catholic faith and has spent over 20 years in finance and executive management. He's got a brand new book out called How God Hauled Me Kicking and Screaming into the Catholic Church, and that's available now. He served as the chief operating officer of the Coming Home Network for several years and is now chief financial officer for RevLocal, a rapidly growing digital marketing company. He and his uh, wife uh, live in Columbus, Ohio. They have eight children. And uh, Kevin, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much, Tony. I uh, I was uh, fascinated when I saw uh, your book online being uh, promoted, uh, uh, and uh, you you always wonder you you think of people coming into the faith after something uh, uh, you know magnificent happens, and all of a sudden they're drawn to the faith. Uh, kicking and screaming is not uh, often heard. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, about your growing up years and 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 uh, uh, your faith story. Sure. Well, I was uh, very fortunate, very blessed, I would say, to uh, grow up in a small town near Toronto, Canada, and I have just the most wonderful parents. Uh, my dad was a Presbyterian minister, among other things, um, and I've got just a, a terrific mom, and uh, so I was, I, I was raised in a very faithful home. My dad, when I was a kid, was in business uh, for, for a while. He was, uh, he was a professor, uh, but he was also in full-time ministry for quite some time. Uh, and he was uh, not only the, the uh, minister of the local Presbyterian Church, but he was also the clerk of the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church in Canada. So I got to see him uh, really you know, living out the faith, he and my mom both. 
and uh, just had a terrific childhood. You know, played hockey as, as much as I possibly could. But then when it came to uh, graduating from high school and figuring out what to do next, uh, I took a look around, and I was awfully young at the time. I, I graduated when I was only 16, and I decided that, uh, uh, well, actually, my dad decided that we should take a look at a small Catholic college called Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. And I thought that this would be a marvelous opportunity to get away for a couple of days on a road trip with my dad and uh, to go down and, and see what Ohio was like because, uh, you know, I'd spent all my life up in Canada. Mm-hmm. So we did that. Uh, we took this road trip. I got a couple of days off of school and we went down to Franciscan U. And my dad really uh, appreciated the spiritual aspects of the school and thought it would be a great place for me to go because I was uh, in a very rebellious period of my life. And for my part, I uh, connected with a bunch of guys with these really cool red T-shirts on that said TKE on the front. Mm-hmm. And they they took me out and showed me a great time and, and uh, frankly got me completely blasted the first night that I was there. And I thought this was the greatest place on earth. You know, I thought, man, this is exactly where I want to go and I'm going to join this fraternity, and I'm going to have a great time. Uh, so that's that's exactly what happened. Uh, I, I had a great time. I joined the fraternity. I didn't go to class much, and within three semesters, I was kicked out. Sounds a little bit like my college uh, days. Uh, <laughs> I noticed you majored well, in beer and billiards. I majored in beer and pinochle, so we uh, were similar in, in part of that. That's right. Well, I, and I have to say, that was actually my dad who came up with that uh, double major. He didn't realize it right away, but uh, yeah, that was definitely the truth. But, but you know, thankfully, um, I, I went back up to Canada, and I, I, I think my humility was a little bit improved at that point. And I had to work, so I got a, a terrific entry-level job at Sony of Canada, uh, and this was this was back. You know, Sony is a, a very innovative, wonderful electronics company. So I had, you know, the coolest TV and car stereo and everything else. Uh, but I had a really good experience uh, in the business world, and sort of caught an enthusiasm for that. And decided by the time I was I was 21, I'd grown up a little bit and, and and had developed a work ethic. But I decided that I wanted to be president of the company. And believe it or not, I had the audacity to tell the president of the company that, who I don't think was threatened at all. But uh, you know, I I uh, decided that I had to go back to college in order to make that work because I thought that an MBA was the thing to do because mm-hmm. all the the big shots at Sony had MBAs. So uh, it it occurred to me, of course, that I needed to finish my undergraduate degree first. So I started applying to schools. And much to my shock and amazement, the only place on the planet that would talk to me was Franciscan University of Steubenville, Mm -hmm. because my grades were so bad from the first time around that that was the only place that I could go. So here I am, 21 years old. I'm reentering college and uh, the second time around, by God's grace, a couple things happened. The first is, I met the most beautiful American girl I've ever seen in my life. And she provided me with ample uh, motivation to really do well in my studies. Mm-hmm. So that was great. Uh, and then the second part was that uh, this, this beautiful American girl, who was also not Catholic, uh, and I both had to take Catholic theology courses. 
as part of our course of study. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I took one course called Ethics that I thought would be fairly benign, and uh, they, they talked about this encyclical. And I said, well, what's, what's an encyclical? They, and uh, I remember somebody telling me, well, it's something that the Pope wrote. I said, okay, what's it called? And they said, well, it's called Humanae Vitae. I said, well, what the heck is that all about? And it took me a little while, Tony, but I, I finally figured out they were talking about birth control. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as a Presbyterian, that was a complete non-issue, and I thought that they were crazy. I, I thought that this was a complete and utter waste of time. And what really rocked my world was when I started to learn more about all of these perspectives that I had never heard that really started becoming intriguing and gradually over the course of time compelling. So, you know, finally, the, the beautiful American girl and I graduated, uh, you know, I, uh, we, we got through this course, we, we passed the class, you know, we had to learn it well enough, and we really found ourselves saying, you know, maybe these Catholics are onto something. So uh, around that time, my dad came down and spent a year as a visiting professor at Franciscan because uh, he was still a Presbyterian minister at that point, but he, he also was a, a doctorate in business, so he, he uh, taught in the business school. And during that time, I think he had a, a real great opportunity to uh, sort of reconcile some of his own beliefs, and I would be calling him on a regular basis saying, hey, you know, this is what they were saying in this class today. What do you think about this? And he would always have a very balanced perspective and say, well, you know, here's the, the Protestant perspective on this, and here's the Catholic view. And more often than not, he would say, here's why the Catholic viewpoint actually makes a lot of sense. So in many ways, you know, it was sort of inching gradually towards the Church. Mm-hmm. Um, but, at, at you know, so I, I graduated from college, and the beautiful American girl and I got married. We moved to Cleveland. And we started having kids at a furious pace. You know, our, our first three kids were born in two years and eight months. And uh, my dad got invited to go and spend a week in the Vatican. And this is when Pope John Paul II was the, was the Pope, St. John Paul II. And so he, he goes over to the Vatican and spends a week over there and has a private audience with St. John Paul II, and is just completely blown away by the holiness that he finds in the people. And he made great friends with uh, uh, the late Cardinal John Foley, who was just a wonderful man, and they developed a lifelong friendship after that. Uh, But Cardinal Foley, I remember asking my dad, he said, you know, why don't you just, why don't you become Catholic? And my dad came away from that feeling very deeply impacted and honored in the sense that he said, you know, that's really the most precious thing that he could offer me. So all of this had a, had just a, a tremendous impact on my dad, and he came back and he wrote an article about this experience in the Presbyterian Record, which was the denominational magazine uh, of the Presbyterian Church in Canada. And it came out with his picture on the front cover, shaking hands with the Pope. And all hell broke loose, because there were people calling for heresy trials for my dad and trying to get him kicked out of the faith because he was obviously a very visible guy within the church, being the clerk of the General Assembly. And there were all kinds of people who were supportive, who were saying, this is wonderful, it's ecumenical. But then one guy wrote in and he said, well, why doesn't Dr. Lowry just become Catholic? So at this point, 
you know, some of the defenses started to crumble. And uh, a friend of my dad's handed off a a tape of uh, a guy named Scott Hahn, who uh, had come to Franciscan University the year after my dad was there as a visiting professor. And we listened to this tape together, and I'll never forget my dad turning to me at the end of this. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I can't really argue with anything this guy's saying. And I think it was at that moment that I thought, you know what, I really need to look into this. So I decided to go through RCIA. And uh, God bless my wife, she decided to come with me, even though she was, I think at that point, very deeply skeptical. And uh, we we ended up entering the church together, uh, which was just a beautiful and and blessed experience. Uh, And then the following year, my parents moved down to Steubenville on a permanent basis. My dad, in fact, taught at Franciscan for many, many years in the business department before retiring. Uh, and they came into the church together the following year. Mm. You mentioned uh, <coughs> with Humani Vitae and in, in, in some of the studies that you had to do, and <coughs> you found the material compelling. Was there a particular moment, uh, Kevin, a particular metanoia moment that you said, aha, and it and you began to seek out, you turned from, you know, um, lukewarm to on fire, and you began to seek out and and study? Yeah, and I think, Tony, I don't think it was that class. I mean, there was sort of the small metanoia or change of heart mm-hmm. with, with, within that class on that particular topic. But really, you know, there were, at least within me, a lot of structural obstacles, so even though I began to acquire, to acquire an appreciation for the thinking, the, the underpinnings, uh, because, you know, really what happened was I was presented with a lot of very compelling and, and cogent arguments for why birth control isn't the greatest thing since sliced bread, which I, I always thought there was. And there was a cumulative effect almost. Of, of all of that, where I thought, you know, again, originally I was like, these people are crazy, and then it just became sort of more and more interesting over the course of time as everything just sort of fell into place and made more and more sense. But I think that the true metanoia moment was was that listening to that tape uh, with my dad, because I had been struggling. I had had this really uh, almost a deep inner turmoil for a long time. I mean, this process for me took 10 years. And it was really, I think, at that moment that I thought, you know what, I need to I need to look into this. And so, in fact, what I did was I called Scott and I said, hey, you know, I, I, I listened to your tape. Thanks very much. Uh, it's interesting stuff. And, and can we get together? I really want to talk to you. And I'm so grateful to, to Scott and, uh, and, of course, his wife, Kimberly, because he, we got our families together, we came down there, we went to Mass, which was, I think, the third time I had ever been to Mass in my life. And he, he pulled out uh, uh, this, this pad of paper and started writing down the, the names of books. I remember one of them was uh, Catholic and Christian by Dr. Alan Schreck, who's a wonderful man uh, uh, and a professor at Franciscan U as well that did a really good job explaining some of the differences in the ways that, that uh, uh, you know, Protestants and Catholics look at some of the same things. 
And so it was really, it, it was a very, very gradual sort of transformation over the course of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and of course, the, you know, the, the punchline is, I just can't express in words how much I love being Catholic. It's been, you know, the greatest gift of my entire life. And obviously, we learned Humane Vitae well enough that, as you said in the introduction, my wife and I ended up having eight kids. There because not only did our appreciation of, of you know, the, the, this consistent ethic of life come through, but our, it was our appreciation of children really grew where, you know, I'm a business guy, and I looked at them as economic liabilities in many ways, and now I look at them as unmitigated blessings. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, Tony, we, we're also we're expecting our fourth grandchild right Fantastic. now, <laughs> which, which is even better. <laughs> you know, it's the most amazing thing. Everything that they say about grandparenthood is true. You betcha. You betcha. <laughs> Kevin Lowry is my guest. Uh, his book, his new book is How God Hauled Me Kicking and Screaming into the Catholic Church. When we get back on the storytellers, we're going to zero in on uh, Kevin's writing and his books and talk a little bit a bit about more of his uh, conversion story, but how he began to uh, to put this into writing uh, when we return on The Storytellers. Support for The Storytellers is provided by CatholicBook.net, serving the Catholic community for 30 years with books, Bibles, gifts, and more. CatholicBook.net is safe, secure, and simple to use. Just a few clicks and your purchase is delivered right to your door. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. This is Tony Agnesi, and welcome back to The Storytellers. Today, we're talking with Kevin Lowry, author of the book, How God Hauled Me Kicking and Screaming into the Catholic Church. Kevin, we got a sense of that from what you've told us in the first segment of the show. What uh, what uh, was the catalyst that said, I need to write this down? <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny. I started being invited to uh, to give my conversion story at different places because I, I wrote it many years ago, and uh, Pat Madrid, uh, a wonderful guy and, and friend, published it in Envoy magazine originally, and then it came out as part of the book Surprised by Truth 2. So I started uh, getting these invitations to, to share the story, because just, uh, you know, the, the enthusiasm that, that I had and, and continued to have for the faith was, uh, was just something that I really needed to unleash a little bit. Uh, and then at, at some point, you know, my first book is called Faith at Work, Finding Purpose Beyond the Paycheck, because, again, with my dad's background, this is the stuff we talked about at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. You know, it was business and what's going on on this board that he's on and what's going on at the office, and then at the same time, the ministry. And so that, that sort of naturally came about, but then after that, what I was really shooting for with, with the latest book is to give something that would be of an encouragement to faithful Catholics, but at the same time, in, in a non-confrontational way, but, you know, really as, as just a friend would talk to a friend, be able to illustrate to some of my non-Catholic friends why it was so compelling 
to become Catholic and why this is the greatest gift that I've ever been given and why I'm so deeply grateful for this experience, because it's been transformational in, in every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. There are a, a, a lot of, and, and obviously we're, we're both well aware of what's going on with the loss of attendance at Mass, and, and in, not only in the Catholic Church, but in the mainline Protestant denominations as well. There are an awful lot of guys majoring in beer and billiards in college. And and and, and a book like this, uh, I, I think, in, in my opinion, has the ability to maybe capture somebody's attention enough to at least cause them to say that they might need to think about this because of the compelling way in which you present it. Is that kind of the underpinning of, of, of why you'd want this book out? And have you gotten any feedback from... Uh, from the guys who say, well, you just described me. <laughs> well, you know, yes, and, and thank you. You've, you've actually said it very well right there. Um, I, I have gotten great feedback from people who, who have read it and, and who have said, uh, you know, I've, I've had calls from people who have entered the church, um, and this, you know, the book, By the Grace of God, uh, you know, was the catalyst. But the, the thing that I was really after, you used a word earlier that I love, which is metanoia, that, that change of heart. Because really, conversion is rarely sort of the, 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 the Saul on the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's rarely that abrupt. You know, it's more often than not, it's a process that happens over the course of time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not like it's, it's not an event. It is an event, but it's a series of events. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they, we plant seeds, or we have seeds planted within us, and then by the grace of the Holy Spirit, those seeds sprout and flourish. And, and so that's what I was really hoping, was that this book would help plant seeds within people, and they may not agree with everything that I say, and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm not right all the time anyway, just ask my wife. But, you know, it, there's hopefully a story there that they can follow, that they that they understand. I tried to write it with, with a, a deep spirit of humility because I did a lot of stupid things on the way in. Um, and, you know, I sort of think about those stupid things as a microcosm of what's going on in the Church. I mean, of course there are bad things going on in the Church. Frankly, I came in expecting some of that. Because after, when you read and, and you do a lot of research and look at the Church's history, it's fraught with all kinds of sinfulness of the members, because that's, that's, you know, that's who we are. We're, we're all fallen, sinful people, and it's been like that since the beginning. So there have been popes who have been terrible people. There, you know, there's been all kinds of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit has always used the Church over the course of time, and there have always been saints. And, you know, I, I think St. Augustine has some, some great quotes about this uh, and, and, you know, how God can bring good even out of evil. You know, so I, I remain just firmly hopeful that even through the difficulties, yes, in the Church they exist, but more than that, the difficulties and the sinfulness within ourselves. You know, if you think about it, even that can be overcome and where else can you get that? You know, this is one of the reasons why, yeah, just one very practical example of why I love being Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's because of confession. I think confession is the greatest thing on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, confession is 
conversion. That, it's, it's the most incredible thing, because if you think about it, the God who created us also created the sacraments for us, because he knew that it's better to go before a minister of his, an agent, if you will, you know, who says to you verbally, you know, that I forgive you. I mean, it's just, it rocked my world, or your sins are forgiven. I, I mean, it's just, it's completely different than sitting in the corner of your room and, and looking upwards and saying, Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Mm-hmm. So I think that those types of things within the Catholic Church, yeah, there are problems, but within it, we've been given the, the gifts and the tools that we need by virtue of the sacraments to become holy. And that's what we're really after at the end of the day. You talked about uh, conversion often often being, for most people, I know it is in my case as well, an ongoing process. You know, something uh, triggers it, and then you become a seeker, and then you start reading, and then you start discerning, and some of this material becomes more and more compelling, and the more you read, the more you want, and, and so forth. And I think, in my opinion, your book is a, it would be a great starting point uh, for somebody who, you know, is ambivalent about the whole thing, might read the book, find something that starts that process, you know, that just kind of kickstarts that uh, that process. It's a, you know, I would say it's a great book to have in the back of the room when you're speaking somewhere, because uh, um, I, I think that uh, hearing you speak and hearing your enthusiasm might take someone uh, uh, an opportunity to, to read it and, and start that journey. Uh, and boy, I really think that's a that's a great thing. Well, from your lips to God's ear, Tony, because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. I was hoping that when people bought one of these books, I was actually hoping that they would buy two, one for them and one to give away to somebody else. We've just got a short period of time left. Uh, this has been great, Kevin. But uh, uh, faith at work, finding purpose beyond a paycheck. You know, there are an awful lot of people who will say to me, Tony, how do you reconcile, you know, work and your faith and the things you have to do, you know, uh, the doggy dog world and, and, and doing it and remain Catholic and, and, right. uh, and applying the basic tenets of your faith? Give us a couple of, couple of thoughts on that. Sure. Well, it really, I, uh, I, I wrote that book to encourage people that you don't have to go to work and beat people over the head with a catechism in order to be faithful and effective at both work and essentially what comes down to evangelization. Mm-hmm. This is all about living the faith. And by living the faith, we should become both better at our work and more effective at our work and more effective as Catholics and in our lives, because really the whole purpose of work is to help sanctify us. And, you know, this, so I think that there's an enormous opportunity to use the challenges and the difficulties and, and the, you know, all of the conundrums that we come across to grow in holiness and to, uh, you know, to, to affect this, this ongoing conversion that we're all a part of mm-hmm. and that we're all striving for. The workplace, it's almost like it's tailor-made to help us down the path. <laughs> it sure is. Well, the books are Faith at Work, Finding Purpose Beyond the Paycheck, and Kevin Lowry's new book, How God Hauled Me Kicking and Screaming into the Catholic Church. Kevin, this has been a quick time together. I've really enjoyed it. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much, Tony. I really appreciate it. And that's our show for today. 
My thanks go to Kevin Lowry, author of the book, How God Hauled Me Kicking and Screaming into the Catholic Church. It's available as all of the books that we feature here at catholicbooks.net. If you miss part of the program or want to hear it again, you can hear it this Sunday again at 9 a.m. And it's also available at thestorytellersradio.com on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. This is Tony Agnesi. See you next week for another edition edition of the storytellers. God bless you. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of the storytellers with Tony Agnesi, a production of the Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio. To learn more about today's storyteller, go to thestorytellersradio.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast and hear all of our past shows. And join us again next week at this same time for The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Hello, this is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo, inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tour's Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.